Hi guys, uh, my name is Tulani Dambuza. I don't do this podcast alone. I do it with Daryl Dravile. Um, I'd like to introduce you to the last episode. I'm quite saddened by that. We are on the last episode of the Love and Relationship series. And we discuss quite a lot of factors in this specific episode. And to be honest with you, um, this is probably one of our favorite in terms of like the episode series. And to everyone that's listened, I'd like to express our gratitude. Um, I'd like to express our appreciation. I'd like to express just like the immense support that we've received from everyone, um, not just our friends, even people who don't know us um, are showing support. And to us, it's like, we never thought it would be like that. Um, we just thought that the only people that would listen would be our immediate friends. And so now that we have like a lot of people listening, it's it's quite scary, man, um, to be able to put your thoughts um, your feelings, your lessons in such a public platform for everyone to scrutinize and for everyone to digest and interrogate is like a scary feeling when you do it. And even at the time where you have to put it out there, um, because you technique, you like, you put your heart out there for everyone to basically just do whatever they want to do with the information. And um, I have to put the timestamp on this so that if you're listening to this at a later stage, you're able to understand. We are in June 2020 and there's quite a lot happening in the world um, that is quite sad. And to release these episodes um, during this time is a very hard thing to do for us because we understand what's happening in the world. But... We hope this provides humor, this provides some form of learnings that you can take with you and a way to escape um, during these bad times that we're facing right now. And thank you um, for making it this far. Um, it saddens me that this is the last episode, but yeah. Enjoy! You are about to enter into the matrix of our minds, interests, experiences, and conflicts. We are not heroes. We are not villains. We are just hopeful vessels looking to bring information, discussions, and enlightenment. You might not always agree with us, and that's okay. We don't always agree with each other. Here, we will offer our vulnerable selves to you. So grab your spade as you join us to dig deeper. And welcome to the Trench Effects. <laughs> so, like, you mentioned, like, surprise, I don't have everything together. Um, I've fallen pray to this right where i'm looking for perfect human beings in an imperfect world where i'm also imperfect right like i'm looking for people who have it all together 
when I also don't, right? Which is like the weirdest thing that you can get where you're like, okay, she needs her own place. Um, she needs her, she needs to earn a salary. She needs this degree. She needs all these things. And even though I might have these things, me, myself, but like there might be scenarios where I lack in parts where she's really good at. Like, what if she's had a wholesome or self-fulfilling journey that I haven't had? However, like I'm seeking these material things that this person needs to have. And, and then I want to enter into this relationship, which is like so weird. Like it reminds me of the story you told me about when you went um, to this Hans place. And she had a problem about the fact that you live at home. <laughs> right? She's like, how, dude? So what should I have done? Go and get rent for no reason? Like, come on, bruh. Like, me being at home means that I have more money to spend on you. No, you no, know? no, no, no. Not to spend on you, to spend on investments. Get it right. <laughs> no, man. We're looking at it from a relationship perspective. <laughs> nah, I, I hear what you're saying. I was just I was just playing around. But but you are right, though. Like, I don't think what you said is false, even in this regard, right? Because, in my opinion, like, we shouldn't be dating people simply for what we see in, in us being together, right? Because... With the mindset of like I'm at home um, Because I want to spend money on investments instead of rent Why wouldn't you want to be in a relationship long term For someone who thinks like that Right I'm sacrificing my own space For a greater future That clearly should be a differentiating factor In, in, this, re- in this thing Correct me if I'm wrong Can I throw a span in the works? Sure Because we all about you know building each other. So I did that. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what I'm going to do is leverage your argument. See what I did there too. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know we're showing that we're nerds. Huh? So what I want to discuss, right, is um. So just to give the listeners some background story. Now, I really enjoy cooking. And it's something that I, I, you know, I love doing a lot. And I actually, at the beginning of last year, I decided that I was going to throw dinner parties. And what I do with these dinner parties is I basically invite a random group of people. Sometimes they may all know each other. Sometimes they may not. I pretty much just go with what I feel at the time. Um, and just invite whoever just, I just feel like inviting pretty much. Um, it's no particular order or anything. And in this one particular party, ironically, Tulani was there too. We were talking about a similar conversation like this. And one of the young ladies there said that she does not believe in dating potential. And oh, she wow. said that... She said are, you, that are you and I about to have this potential? Oh, wow. Okay, continue, sir. I'm sorry to disturb. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Continue. You're forgiven. You're forgiven, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Um, and so she said that she does not believe in dating potential. And she said that she does not care <laughs> what dreams you have. 
what plans you have or how you're hustling. Like, if she can't see it, she won't believe it, right? And so this now segues into another interesting topic, but it does also tie into what Tulani has mentioned now and what he's brought up now is the whole thing of dating for potential or dating for results. Because from my side, it poses an almost impossible question to answer. Because if someone is into you, right, and... But they don't have, they, on the surface, they may not tick all the material. This, and this is most of a material sense, right? They may not tick a lot of the material boxes. It creates this whole potential thing. It creates such a big problem because now you're in love with this person. Or this person may like you and may be vibing and stuff. But they just, on, on the surface, they aren't where you want them to be. And it's that thing of, do I trust in their potential? Or do I look for a person who has everything that I'm looking for already. This is more so in a material sense. You know, it, it's, it's tricky because on the one hand, if you get someone who's already self-made, they are set in their ways and they've built without you. And not just that, but one thing, when you are self-made, oftentimes you have more options, you know? And so it, it, it also puts a lot of pressure that, hey, you know, you may not even be the person that they decide to end up with either <laughs> you know and, but then on the converse side if you get someone who has potential you're there with them from the beginning of the journey and you can build something and so I think it's it's, it's a tricky it really is such a tricky question to answer and I, I don't know what do you think wait so I first have to so you said now that like you start a relationship with someone and um, you guys are both starting and the idea is that like we grow to get to we grow together have you seen the movie acrimony i've heard of it so I actually i had a long discussion with a group of people about it <laughs> <laughs> which was interesting so, um but yeah you can break it down for us so the world is cruel in this way where this lady who i can't remember properly uh, I think she comes from quite an affluent family and she has a degree and she actually gets inheritance from her family, right? And she dates this, I think he's an engineer um, or I'm not sure if he's an engineer by trade, but like his ideas were from an engineering perspective. And he has this grand idea, right? For And he comes from a poor family, but he somehow managed to get an education and she sticks it through, man. She, she sticks it through the whole relationship with him trying to figure himself out, um, with him trying to, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> with him trying to, sorry, I, sometimes I think of things in my head and I just laugh. I'm so sorry. I'm not a lunatic. Um, Sometimes we just try to... Dude, I forgot my train of thought. Okay, let me, let me gather it. Yeah, so this person gets into this relationship and they just she's just figuring herself out and she's basically heading the house financially, right? She's just killing it and she's making it and everything seems grand. And they also go through a suffering process where... He he wants his dream. He doesn't want to get a normal job. But she's okay with it. Everyone is telling her to leave this guy. And 
she's then like, no, my love is enough. Um, I got this dude. I think he'll make it. But then guess what happens when he makes it? His options of amount of women that he can get increases exponentially, right? Because um, loyalty is when you can choose someone when you have options, right? It's easy to become loyal when that's literally the only person that you can have. But to be able to be successful and still choose your person, that's a different kind of loyalty. And I think at the back of our heads, when we see someone with potential, and again, it goes back to our own arrogance and our own feelings of worth, where we just don't want to stick in something. And then once it's successful, someone just ups and leaves. You know, like someone just decides, nah, dog, I'm Gucci. But I'm like, yo, dog, I put in all this time and money into you, right? So why would you just leave? So I think that's why we want people who are self-made. We want another person to be in the trenches. So what I did there. So we want someone to, we want someone to be in the trenches and whoever I marry has already no, someone already took, like, you know, a spade and dug and assisted them in building them up. But I'm getting him or her, as it is, already made. I don't have to go through that entire process of thinking whether we will make it or not. And that's, like, the tricky part about, like, potential and current things, which then segues into, like, a different thing with regards to finances, right? It's... Do I measure someone on their current finances or do I measure someone on their potential finance, right? Like, how do I then value? Because there's a, there's a chance, let's say 50% chance that like they might not even get to the richness that they think they, they can and we might just live a middle-class life. So, so which is then begs the question, like how important our finances in three different stages, right? Which would be the the courting stage, right? Um, the the dating stage and the marriage stage. Like, how transparent should we be about like financial matters? Yeah. Okay. So I think in the dating stage, that wait. Okay. So this is bef- this is after courting. Because remember, there's like courting where we're just getting to know each other and then there's us actually dating and then there's marriage. Do you see the three differentiating factors? So this is a really interesting topic which you brought up, you know, in terms of finances and the context of relationship. Because I'm not, I'm not sure, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not really 100% sure at what point you should bring finances in. This is more so in the sense of like, you know, let's say sharing finances and all that stuff. I'm not sure what time you'd bring that in, in a relationship. However, I do believe that you have to, we have to have discussions in terms of finances when it comes to relationships. Um, I think that's something that should be spoken on almost before you even enter the relationship, not in the sense of how much you earn and all that, but more so from a perspective of what are your attitudes towards money how how much money would you like to accumulate? How would you like to start accumulating your money? And if you're not 100% sure, do you have a rough idea of it and, and so forth? So you can also understand, 
you know, really paint a picture of this person in terms of how they view finances. The reason for this is, in particular, when it comes to marriage, finances is actually the number one reason why couples divorce. You know, it's not love. It's not infidelity. It's not mothers-in-law, <laughs> though some may think it is, but it really isn't. It's oftentimes finances. And so I think what actually interesting is maybe if we can just like discuss some ways in which finances affect relationships. So one of the reasons why finances is a big cause for divorce or even breakups is firstly people's relation. <laughs> yeah, it's firstly people's relationship with money and their attitude towards it. You know, if you have a relationship where one person is a spender and another person is a saver, that is big enough reason for conflict. Like, imagine if your financial priorities are not aligned. So let's look at the acrimony case as Tulani shed light on earlier. Now, we had a situation where um, there was the husband and a wife and the wife was working really hard and she was basically running the house. So her financial priorities were, I need to keep the family afloat. I need to look after the kids, to look after my man. Uh, I need to make sure there's food in the house, electricity is paid, kids go to school, we have clothes on our back, all that stuff, right? His financial priorities were, I need to build a business. I need to build this idea. They're both misaligned and that in and of itself can create conflict. Another interesting thing that couples really fight about as well is financial debt <laughs> where you know you get into a relationship with one person or you're married to one person and they now start to enter debt and i think in particular with marriages really affects you with a relationship really you should not be getting too involved with your partner's debt that that's their thing to solve <laughs> you know you don't want that smoke but in terms of a marriage you know there have been situations where one couple has gone and taken out a loan on their house <laughs> and you know that's a really big deal because if they default the bank could seize their house um you know that creates a lot of stress because oftentimes they may not be running this through the other partner and some partner may have in immense credit and they may be declared insolvent now, in the unfortunate, well, not the unfortunate sense, but in the event that you're married in community or property, if one person in the marriage is declared insolvent, well, we both are. <laughs> the, the marriage, the marriage is declared insolvent, and you'll both be blacklisted, and so both of you will struggle to get credit at stores. Um, yes, you know, if you wanna get your, you know, Zara account or H and M account or Foshimi accounts to be able to buy clothes. You won't, you won't be able to because you're blacklisted. If you want to go out and lease a new car, you won't be able to because you're blacklisted. If you want to even go and um, get financing, let's say you see a new property and you would like to enter that that market, you can't get a bank loan because you're, finance, you're blacklisted. And it may not even be you who took out the debt, but it's your partner. Now, before I carry on, I just would like to say that both Tulani and I are not registered financial service providers. So the all informa financial information provided in this podcast <laughs> is purely for informational and educational purposes. And none of this can be used to make any financial and investment decisions. If in the event you would like to make any financial or investment decisions, we would like to encourage you to reach out to your nearest bank and have a discussion with a consultant there. They will be best suited to assist you. Okay. 
<laughs> Firstly, so anyway. we're not giving financial advice. We don't need to do that disclaimers. <laughs> hey boy, hey boy, better safe than sorry. Look at you remembering <laughs> your financial advisory. What what is facing financial advisory? Phase uh, Financial Advisory and Intermediary Services Act. Look at you yeah. remembering that anything that we say, if someone takes advice, whether willingly or unwillingly, we are liable for the mistakes. Well done, sir. You are not studying for nothing. I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> not studying. <laughs> so anyway, so so that's another thing. Um, is that financial debt? Another really big one, which I don't think many people speak about, even think about, is a term called financial infidelity. What this is, is where as a couple, you have situations where you have secret bank accounts, secret credit cards, secret assets. And in the event of the other partner finding out about this, this obviously creates a lot of conflict. And I think the default argument to go to is, well, it's my credit card or it's my property or it's my bank account. Like it's none of your business. And yes, legally, you are very correct. But we do know that in relationships, substance over form oftentimes takes place, though legally too. Um, but, you know, this blurs a lot of lines and it creates so much conflict between couples because now if you have a secret bank account, which you have not told me about, you know, it's like, you don't trust me and relationships are built on trust. And if one partner feels that they're not trusted or trustworthy, then, you know, that's another reason which creates a lot of conflict within a marriage setting. So yeah, um, those are just some things which from some of the research that I did and some reflection that I had, some things which brought up reasons, you know, in terms of why finances are such a big deal in, in marriages. I mean, another one, um, which I know a lot of men would, resonate with this you know in light of uh, women's liberation and many women entering the workplace this there's now a plethora of women who are now really financially independent and there really is a big chance that many men will be entering into relationships with women who earn more than them and i think that that in and of itself also creates other issues because you know, as men, we do know that we are driven a lot by our egos, which, and I actually want to have a discussion about this because I think that that is an amazing tool that we have as men, but at the same time, it's also a very destructive tool. And it's something which we could, you, you know, because she earns more than us, sometimes our egos, sometimes, yeah, sometimes our egos are hurt and we feel less of a man. And that now creates animosity from us towards her because we feel like she doesn't need us. You know, because we feel that we're not respected. And never mind, not need us. Um, we feel as if she doesn't respect us. But yeah, continue. Yeah, and we feel it doesn't respect us. So that can create fights where, you know, she does something simple as, hey, babe, um, I bought you a, a new watch. And it's like, she bought me a new watch. She's trying to show me that. She's trying to tell me that I can't afford to buy a new watch for myself. You know, <laughs> and we start creating, you know, we start creating all these arguments. You know, she could buy you a new shirt because oh, she thinks that, you know, something wrong with my shirt. She's trying to say that I can't afford new shirts. So, you know, she decides to take you out, you know, the family out for dinner. It's like, oh, she's just trying to insult me because, you know, she's trying to show I'm not a man and I can't afford to take the family out for dinner and so forth and so forth. And, you know, that feeds into our own insecurities as men. 
I, I, however, have also seen the other side of it where there are women in relationships where they earn more money than the men. And they actually use that as a reason to belittle their man. You know, if he makes, you know, if he maybe does something wrong, I'm not talking about him cheating. I'm saying like, no, maybe he does something wrong. I don't know. He leaves the water running, <laughs> like something silly like that. And, you know, I've seen them really use that as an, as a reason that, ah, you can't do anything. You can't even take care of me. You're not a man. Oh, how am I supposed to respect a man who doesn't earn more than me? Huh? What can you do Bro, for me? I've heard this so many times, but anyway, which, which, which is quite weird, right? It's so there's this idea that women marry either, wait, is it diagonally? So diag, like, like they marry so up, it's, uh, <laughs> is, is it, it's upwards yeah i'm trying to look for the the geometry term so so so, so that so the term is, is that um in, we have social hierarchies right so women typically marry across and above yeah. social hierarchies and men typically marry across and below social hierarchies yes so there's there's an interesting um theory right by this um, Israeli uh, psychologist slash uh, scientist, right? It's called the handicap principle, right? So what, what this thing essentially means, it's like for an action to be genuine, it needs to be costly. So with that said, if we take that into finances and relationships, it ha- do you know that women um or some women expect the the ring for the engagement ring to be worth three months worth of tw- of a twelve month um salary? Did you know that? That is actually and that's actually an, a whole other topic <laughs> which we can actually get into because there's an entire history behind this and diamonds as well and the value behind diamonds and you know like the, that that's I, I think i don't want to get too much into that now because i think that is a, a different that'll be an interesting yeah. conversation to have on like the history of capitalism and you know how our economy has shaped itself and the invasion of england into south africa and so forth but anyway the, that's a conversation for another day but so that would be something really interesting to unpack but as yeah. you were saying. So the reason it's supposed to be three months worth of a 12 uh, month salary is if it's, it's basically composition, right? If every man could afford this ring, right? Uh, every man could take her out to expensive restaurants. It means that now anyone can simply be a potential suitor, right? Um, you know the correct term for this, like the the, the Jordan people about men and women um, social hierarchy, uh, how women have choice and men have competition. I think you'd probably be better off explaining that than me. But it's the same concept. Yeah, go for it. 
Okay. <laughs> so just to give our listeners some context, there is a book that I'm currently going through called The 12 Rules for Life by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. And in this, I believe it is in the first chapter, he compares humans to lobsters. So I won't dive in too much into detail, but he uses lobsters as, you know, uh, a means to explain how humans rearrange themselves into social hierarchies. And one of the interesting things that he says that um, women are selective maters is the actual term that he uses. And with that being said, he says that that's what differentiates female humans from, you know, a female lobster or, you know, any other type of animal because women are selective maters. And so he is further goes on to say that, you know, women really face an impossible task because there's all these gents around, you know, foaming at the mouth and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, how on earth do you, how on earth are you able to decipher, you know, who you can trust and who you can't trust? You know, I think many women listening to this may really relate to that today. You know, there's all these gents in your DM, um, all these guys hitting you up and all that stuff. And it's like, sure, who, how on earth do I decide who, you know, who I can trust and who I can't trust? And so, um, women really face this, uh, obstacle. And, you know, he further goes on to explain that in their genius, what women, uh, human, human woman decided to do is say, okay, we're not going to make this hard decision ourselves. What we're going to do is we're going to leave men to fight it out and basically create uh, particular criteria. These are the things that we look for. You know, mainly, it's, you know, it's physical attraction, security, emotional um, security, etc. Also, let's say physical attraction, financial security, emotional security, etc. Right? And we leave the men to fight over these things. And so the gents, because of our egos, we go and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And I try to be the richest, best built, most emotionally secure gent. And the higher up I am, up the social hierarchy, the more women I can choose from. But conversely with women, you only have to focus on the men at the top of the social hierarchy. And it almost acts as a filtering system to say, okay, if men tick these boxes, chances are he is better off than if he will and i'll be better off with him than if he did not tick those boxes so that's like the whole thing of um how women in their genius how you and your genius really leave it to us gents to fight over all these things i mean think about it right you know we go and work out in the gym we want to get the biggest muscles <laughs> we show off we, we we show off towards each other you know we go, we buy all these expensive cars. We work so hard at our work. We can get at work so hard at our work, at our businesses um, to progress, to get all these expensive cars so we can stunt on other niggas, you know? Yes, we do all those things, but conversely, you at least know that, okay, these gents are stunting on each other. They may be stunting on each other, but at least he has financial security, you know? This guy who takes really good care of himself and he works out and he's dressed up and all stuff, Yes, he may be doing that to stunt on his, his niggas, but at least he has that trait, <laughs> you know? And so it almost acts as a, it almost acts as like a, a filtering system. I want, I think a new thing that's been happening is I think there's been a lot of guys who've really been opening up a lot emotionally. And there's really been this, this, this push towards, you know, men that's really open up about their emotions and be vocal about that. And I think that that's a great thing. However, and guys, again, because we're ego-driven, what I have been seeing a lot of, it's a thing of like, as a man, if you are not emotional, right, that means you're automatically insecure. 
And so I now start projecting more emotions just so I'm not cold insecure by the gents around me. Or the ladies. Or the ladies. But really, no, but like, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Really, gents don't care too much about what they, they think. <laughs> about what the ladies think. Let's just call a spade a spade. You know, if your boy tells you you're insecure, compared to if a girl tells you it's insecure, it hits very differently. I think when we're wow. younger, sure. Um, when we're younger, um, if a girl told you that, it will hit very differently. But now, it's it comes from a very different place. And so again, I think it goes into that thing of, you know, that filtering system and how we are competing to show who is the most emotionally mature, who is the most financially secure, who is the most physically built. I actually wanted to come up with a word to rhyme with the physically built, but I really couldn't. It was going to be so fire. Uh, <laughs> anyway, wow. that's the... Wow, DK. Um, that's DK the, the rapper. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's how the whole social hierarchy thing comes in so Tulani, as you were i've created context yeah. so okay um, you can dive into so it. um with what daryl just said that means that now when you go out on dates like women are looking to see your generosity right as a guy so the tip becomes quite important right and let's assume she goes out on three dates in in like uh what you call this in a two-week period um and the level of the tips change right so she goes out on three day, three different days with three different men um so like in terms of what the psychology tells us is that she's likely to choose the one who gives the biggest tip or the one who in, who pays the biggest bill because as Dara have said in terms of psychology it's the most costly act is usually the most genuine act and that is why women will really want grand gestures because not everyone can afford grand gestures, right? Um, not everyone can be emotionally vulnerable, as Daryl said. So that is why I feel like men usually compete on a financial spectrum to gain female attention. Where at a club, the guy usually with the biggest bottles usually has the most women around his table. It's it's just a simple mating concept that I don't it's not even like Dara and I's opinion on what's right or wrong, but it's it, it forces men to compete amongst themselves to create better quality, right? So the winner in all these competition, the woman then has a choice on who has the best quality in terms of the traits that they seek. And the advice that I would say it's like, as a guy, if someone is looking at your grand gestures and your your tip level or how expensive the state is as a way to determine whether your gestures are honest or genuine, I don't think she's for you, right? I don't think it it's something that should be important because we are we are humans who value things differently because I could be really frugal, but take good care of you, right? It just means that I just don't value dates in the same way that you value as a woman. And, and the opposite could be 
the lady just doesn't value dates as much as the guy values dates. Because there are some ladies who could be like, yo, dude, I don't want you buying me expensive rings and all that stuff. That's because the guy, he deems money as a way for him to value himself to this lady. But she's like, no, dude. So I think it goes back to like our initial topic where we need to be transparent about our expectations from the onset. And money, even though we don't like talking about it, it becomes quite important in in actually selecting the person that you want to marry or slash date. And even in in the things that are not within between the two of you. So, for example, if my girlfriend, if I had one, life sucks. If my girlfriend is for is a frivolous spender, I then have to make a decision if I still want to continue this relationship because what are the chances that she's going to stop? We're going to be in a constant fight of like, yo, dude, you're spending money on things that I don't even deem important. Can you please stop that? So that, as Daryl mentioned earlier on, will create some form of fic- uh, friction. So, which is why I think it's important that before you even start dating, that money chat and that conversation regarding how a person treats money and views money will be quite important all right it's in the six months that we spoke about in the earlier um, episodes it's in the six months that you give yourself in terms of entering a relationship you are able to see these trends because sometimes i feel like we like to act like money is not an existing thing in relationships we'll we'll open up about everything Except for money, which is weird, right? Because that leads to divorce and end of relationships more than a compatibility thing. We like to focus on compatibility, but like, are you financially compatible? So, <laughs> you, you, you know, like, are you, are you financially compatible with this person? You know, do you have the same goals financially? Do you aspire to be the same thing? Like I was listening to like a Joe Rogan podcast where the guy was just like, you meet a, like, let's say, because they're using American context where there's a guy in high school who is the the quarterback and there's a, a head cheerleader, right? Women are usually way more structured than us as men. So there's, there's high school quarterback things football will be the best way for him to earn money and then life doesn't go his way and then this lady usually has she wants to go to university and she wants to create some form she wants to be a professional right at inception what what bonded them together was probably a popularity issue it, they had the same goals right but as time went by there was a financial misalignment in all of this and it's something that we don't consider when we enter into this relationship is like financially, where are we both heading? Do you want to live a stagnant life where, okay, let me not say stagnant because I, do you want to live a life that's a normal life, which is like, I just have a nine to five and I just want to go, like, I just want to do my job, bro. I don't want to be a millionaire. And the other person might want a Tesla. The other person might want to be the richest person in South Africa. And if there's a misalignment from onset, it creates problems into the into the relationship because we then enter into this relationship 
thinking that it will all work out eventually. But these things come out. So yeah, that's just my two cents. Now I'm just I'm just processing what you said. It's okay, dog. I'm just processing what you. Welcome to the trench effect. I know you've been. Welcome to the trench effect. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay. Nah, nah. Um. So. Okay, ask. I'm I saying. think um. So to our all our listeners, now, in one of our previous episodes, uh, we were speaking about romantic movies, and Tulani had really gone on and spoken about how the notebook, the vow, uh, eat, pray, love, and what is the last one? Firstly, uh, one eat, pray, love was not there. This guy. Wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm, oh, wow. You think I'm that soft? This nigga. It was, it was the vow, yeah. <laughs> the notebook, crazy, stupid love, and the fault in our stars. Yes, that way. Sorry, yeah. Jeez, dude, I um, ain't and, that soft, you know, nigga. <laughs> so besides it having Channing Tatum <laughs> in the movie, <laughs> um, you know, he had said that one thing that he picked up in them was the way that they depicted love and for some time that was a kind of love that he was striving towards and it shaped his idea of love now he hadn't asked me yet in his rudeness but i shall answer <laughs> the same question um in terms of what movie or show or series do do i like which had a romantic element you know now, wait before following you, show, you know so you, you know how you know someone has had a burning issue this is how you know. They've been meaning to let this out. And like, man, I'm sorry for not asking you, bro. Um, I really care about your opinion. Um, you are worthy co-host. Um, I'm sorry for not including you in the questionnaire. Please accept my apologies. Do you accept my apologies? So the movie that I wanted to talk about <laughs> now I'm playing it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. I was just pulling your leg. Yeah, continue. I was just pulling your leg. Um so the show that I took was not even a movie, it's not really a series, and it's not particularly or rather the focus of it is not romantic, but it does have a romantic element. And this show is my wife and kids. Now all of us uh, growing up, um, you know, especially those of us who didn't really have DSTV for some time, uh, we would every Friday, you know, Friday, school's over, you're excited. Fortunately, there was no Dragon Ball Z on Fridays. <laughs> but every Friday at around 7 o'clock, I believe it was on SABC1, my wife and kids would always play. And my gosh, I remember being so excited to see Michael Carl and the family and Really, to me, that was a pure depiction of love. And not just love, but the type of marriage and ultimately family Wait, that bro, I would like to um, have. We might have the 2K gang um, listening to this. So please tell us what's my wife and kids. Um, give okay. us the story. So for, those, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, my wife and kids, it's a sitcom. Uh, it's a sitcom where all their characters are black. Uh, and it's based on the Kyle family. So I believe Michael Kyle, I think is he, he has like a truck business or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a truck like business. It's a logistic business. Let's basically look at it. 
yeah a logistics business and i believe his wife is an artist if i'm not mistaken no she um, or she she's, does a, she's a housewife she used to be an artist but he then he then made her to be a housewife yeah and then they have claire who is their young daughter who is really pretty and all the guys love her and then their oldest son junior is like a complete fool <laughs> he just does like the dumbest things and their little baby katie is like this cute little sweetheart um and she's like daddy's little girl and all that and so that's like the family dynamic and they basically you know go ahead and you know the show depicts their day-to-day life and you know they're not extremely rich i think it's very different to the fresh prince of ballet because they don't live in a huge mansion they're kind of middle to just above middle class family um you know they do feel financial issues and they do occur um they do have internal conflict in the family obviously you know they don't have a butler and all that stuff so it really is a type of family which most people either or some people either have experienced currently or will eventually experience one day when you have your own household. And what I love about it is that it depicts such an honest idea of love. It depicts the ups and the downs. You see um, the husband and wife go through their conflicts. I mean, there was everything from, you know, there's time when she had gained some weight and she was feeling really insecure. And I was like, okay, how as a couple did they work through that? How did he love her? And show that, listen, I'm okay with this. Like, you don't have to do anything more for me to love you. You know, there was times when they had to deal with things that happened with their children. There were times when they had other issues. Mothers-in-law came back, you know, and I believe Michael's mother hated her completely. And I was like, hey, how do they deal with all of that? You know, there were times when Michael felt insecure about certain things where he felt like he wasn't man enough for her. And so I remember this particular episode, like he was like trying to like fix stuff in the house and ended up breaking them because he was just trying to prove to her that he's still a man, you know, because he felt insecure when he bumped into like another another man who was, you know, all muscly and, you know, all Is that, that stuff. Is that Terry so Crews? He wanted to prove to her. I believe what? it was Terry <laughs> Crews. Right? Like, I think it was when Terry Crews came okay. in. And that was the whole thing where Michael, now he felt insecure and he wanted to prove that he's a man to her. And she also had to show him that, listen, you know, and they worked through that and she showed him, listen, you know, there's nothing else you need to do. I love you the way you are. And so it was really, it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful and just holistic, the ups and the downs. And I think another thing that really struck me so much is in particular as black people um, in the media and on shows, oftentimes black families are depicted as dysfunctional. And so for me as a young boy growing up to see this wholesome, loving black family who has, you know, they may not be perfect, but they are good. And they love each other and they're carrying on. For me to see a young black family like that, that struck me so much. And even till this day, that's in a way how I would like to build my family. Because it also depicted that, you know what? Despite our history as black people, despite all the ways in which we've been screwed over by institutions and all that, we can still love. We can still have a family. We can still go about our day-to-day and just continue to grow and develop and love as a family and we can do it good and we can be proud of it and so for me i think that's why my wife and kids really stuck out to me as um, a prime example of a show which really depicts love the way i'd like to see it and um 
to to close off um the series um from a personal perspective uh without the research that we've done um how how do you then view your relationships in the future um what do you look for and has your past shaped anything about it I'm not sure if my question makes sense I know it does it's three questions actually yeah. um Ooh, but in terms of how <laughs> so um this obviously is in the context of romantic relationships yeah i think from my side going forward is you know the stage that i'm in in my life is i really don't have time to waste <laughs> like i really don't i really i just i don't got the time so i'm really not in a space right now where i'm willing to play around and you know kind of say okay no let's take a risk and let's dive into the ocean and see where our love will lead us. No, I, I don't have time for that. I, I got things to do. And so um, for me, the way I view relationships going forward is I'm looking for someone to build with. That's really the phase that I'm in in my life. Someone who we can love each other. Uh, we are compatible and we can build or we can grow and obviously have fun while doing it because I'm a silly dude. So um, <laughs> I can't be with someone who's too, too, too serious or takes off too seriously because uh, we probably get hella frustrated with each other. But that's how I view relationships currently. And I think even going forward, I mean, ultimately, I, my what I want to do is eventually settle down, get married, have kids, the whole nine yards. Um, so that's really where I'm at right now. What about you? Um, yo, man, like preparing for these episodes have like made me reflect on quite a lot um so like i think i'm quite emotionally beat up or emotionally fatigued with regards to relationships right like i'm getting older and i just don't have time as you've said for small things like like in my head i just don't want and i know it's um like you can't really see the future but like I don't really see myself going through another breakup. I'd rather not be in a relationship if it's for us trying to figure it out for now, now, you know, like, like if you, if we just trying to just pass time, I, I don't have time for that. Like Dara and I have a pretty good relationship, you know, like if I need emotional support, I'll get it somewhere. I don't need to look for it in a woman, you know, you know, so so in my life, like whoever comes into it has to be more than like, just like, it has to be for the long run, man. And like, I was thinking even like using back to the future uh, analysis. And, and I think the reason futures this way is because he might have way too many options at his disposal. Therefore trying to find love is hard for him. He probably sees different traits that he likes in different women. And it's hard for, for him to then choose one. See what I did there? Oh. Anyway. I mean, doesn't he have a song about that? Oh. <laughs> Actually, in his last album, he, just, he literally has a song where he speaks about that. Did you just that. get that now? Did you just get that? Did, yeah. Did, <laughs> no, no. 
I quote it. Don't worry, boy. I quote it. I quote it. But I must say, I'm, I'm quite impressed that we've been able to use future as an analogy for how to date right. That is quite impressive, I must future say. Future disciples, bro. I tell you. I tell you. But anyway, um, so with that said, like, I'm re- like, I'm ready for something serious, but I don't think right now. Um, like, but what I mean right now is like, I'm open into meeting someone right now, but like, we don't have to date right now simply because our feeling says we should date. Um, yes, I'm into these magical moments from, from movies. However, I think practicality makes sense too. Like, like, how do I feel about you? when I'm not infatuated for me is quite important. And I was in preparing for this, I was listening to this um, marriage therapist, right? Um, her name is Stephanie Kuntz. She actually wrote a book called Marriage, a History, um, where she was saying that in her research, she's seen that couples who started with s- small gestures from inception and at courting stage, but then she defines small gestures as you, you washing the dishes, um, you checking up on someone, you taking walks and you picking up someone from work. All these small things that seem like they don't matter. Here's like couples who started their relationship like that. Um, usually last longer and for me that's what's important like I hear quite a lot of ladies that I meet who you meet me like this week and then the next week you want this grand date from signature but why bro we don't even know each other why are we why are we dressing up in such a formal way like just you know like let's get to know each other like can you actually like because I've always looked at like the bachelor and and these ladies get like they fall in love or and the guy after like one week of of meeting each other and for me it makes sense why you'd fall in love after one week of meeting someone and um yeah because the setting becomes conducive to such so with that said i hope you enjoyed our series um, on love, marriage, relationships, and other things. Um, please like, subscribe, share it with anyone, um, rate and comment. Um, and we really appreciate you for making it to the last episode. And we are the Trenchy Fix. Yeah, so, and also to all of you who've listened, um, again, just echo what Tulani has said. Thanks so much for joining us on this journey. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our names on Instagram are literally our names, Dal Drabile and Tulani Dambuza. So you can just hit us up um, if you have any questions. If you disagree with us in particular, we would love to hear from you. And if you agree with us, we also want to hear from you too because we believe in dialogue. We believe in interrogating ideas. And because we believe that's the only way that we as a human race will continue to grow. So again, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. And until we meet again, we are the Trench Effects. 
Farewell.